This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 524. Hello and welcome to the show. We're glad to have your company once again. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the latest issue that has angered worried Optus customers. Apple and Mercedes-Benz have partnered to offer drivers an all-new audio experience, and Oppo has released its first tablet in Australia, but it sounds like the name of another very popular tablet. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Google Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro smartphones. We're going to check out the TCL Nextpaper 10s tablet which is a lot easier on your eyes. And Sony has released a new pocket-sized vlogging camera and will answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. All right, let's kick it off with an update of sorts. It's been now more than three and a half weeks, coming up to four weeks for the Optus drama, the data breach, and there continues to be some fallout from that catastrophic hack. The latest that we're hearing is, and we've been contacted by a number of Optus customers who are wanting to exit their plans and contracts. And what we're finding is that uh, Optus is enforcing, they're holding them to their contract, which includes the fact that if you break that contract, you face an exit fee. So if you're if Optus customers who are understandably worried about what's happened with the data breach, their information is out there now, and they're well within their rights to take their business elsewhere. But in the case of customers who are currently on plans and contracts, they are, we've heard a couple of, a few people have contacted us saying that they've, Optus is not going to let them go for free. I've had uh, mixed reactions about this. We've, I've had readers say, well, look, a contract's a contract. And uh, if, if they choose to break that contract, then it does state they did agree to the fact that there would be an exit fee. Yet others have said uh, that part of that contract was to also keep you, your privacy, respect your privacy, and that's kind of uh, Optus's duty of care is to not let your details escape into the wild. So technically, have they breached the contract there? So um, personally... I would allow Optus customers, if I was the boss of Optus, I would allow customers to leave fee-free. No penalty. If you want to go, we'll try to make you, we'll try to stop you leaving. But if you want to go, we're not going to charge you to go. Uh, there's been uh, some campaigns where I think Optus customers, uh, they if, if they, they express a, a desire to leave, then there's this last-ditch effort to t- try to keep them as a customer. Naturally, as, as any company would try to do that, of course, Optus aren't going to say, yeah, cool, off you go. They want to keep you as a customer. But the fact that a lot of a lot of customers have told us that 
uh, yeah, sure, you can go, but you owe us 200 bucks for breaking your contract. Now, Optus has said that m- customers on month-to-month plans without a device, so you might have a mobile plan, you might own your phone, and you're allowed to quit no, at no cost. But if you're on a fixed contract, so uh, if, if you agreed, for example, to uh, either a phone contract or an internet contract or anything, then you will – it might be a, a 12-month, 24-month contract – then they are holding people to their agreements and, and forced to pay that fee for ending the agreement early. Uh, but the reason for their exit is because, of course, they're a, a not happy with Optus and B, they're concerned. They, they, they want to take their business elsewhere. But you know what? There is uh, I mentioned the fact that it's been almost four weeks since, since the hack uh, and customers are only still just finding out about their personally identifiable information. Now, we we did hear from the Optus CEO Kelly Bayer Rosemar and saying that people who had uh, who had passports uh, as part of the leak, if their passport information was leaked, we've they've been just been told only a few days ago that they don't have to replace travel documents. So imagine if you're one of these customers. I know for a fact many have just bolted to the passport office to get new passports. And three weeks later, Optus comes out and says, oh, by the way, your passport's fine. Even if you, even if it's been leaked, you don't need to replace the travel document. You can still use it. So, And I'm sure that any Optus customer who has paid to have their passport replaced will be reimbursed. But you think this kind of info would have come a little bit sooner to save the the panic, to save the 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 people flocking to the passport office and the driver's license and, and all the different registries to get your driver's license updated as well. Not good. The situation is uh, is, pre- is is just horrible. This whole thing, Optus has bungled this from from the start. It's they've just lurched from one crisis to another, and. It's just it's, the the news is not good. I, I I would love to know the percentage of customers who have left the company. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they're not going to release that information themselves. I'll have to try find that in other ways. But I'd say you're looking at millions of customers who've who've left. We'll try to get to the bottom of that. We'll try to get you that exact figure. But in the meantime, stick with Tech Guide to give you the latest details on all this all these dramas. Including other other leaks, by the way, Medibank Medibank had a had a data leak, as did uh, Woolies as part of their their rewards program, and so did the Australian Federal Police. Would you believe were, were also uh, also had information hacked, and the question I keep getting over the weekend and on on radio and on TV was the fact that well they were asking us, is there suddenly a surge of data leaks and attacks? And my answer to that is no. Well, I think what's happened here with Optus, this has been the classic pit bull bites baby kind of story where every single time a dog bites a, a, a human, it's a story now. And that that's the case now with the, the, the data leak. The, the massive Optus data leak from nearly a month ago, any word of a hack or a leak is now a big story. And that's just kind of the, how the news cycle works. The the, any, the the antennas are up now for those words. Hack, data leak, it's a massive story. But many people aren't aware that there is a data leak or a hack in Australia every eight minutes. And we're talking about businesses of varying sizes, whether it's a small business or a business the size of Optus. This is how big a problem it is. 
But now that Optus, they're the big the big victims here. Now we're hearing about every single other data leak, which is understandable. But that's that's the reason why you're hearing about it. It's not that suddenly hackers are ganging up on Australia to try to get our info, but we're just finding it. We're just hearing about it. It has been happening all along. We're just hearing about it now even more. Stick with Tech Guide if you want to find out more about that Optus story and what you can do. Check out techguide.com.au. Now, what have Apple and Mercedes-Benz got in common? Well, I'll tell you, uh, they are partners now, partners in providing better music quality for their respective customers. And we're talking about Apple Music in particular and how the news is that Apple and Mercedes-Benz, well, Mercedes-Benz cars now can natively appreciate spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. So, of course, you need a car like a Mercedes-Benz. Some of the, I'll tell you the models in a minute, but you need multiple speakers in the car. So now this is the first non-Apple product that allows you to hear spatial audio with Dolby Atmos through Apple Music. So if you are now, if you drive a Mercedes-Benz, if you drive a, a car with an MBUX infotainment system, so select Mercedes-Benz and Maybach model. So if you've got an EQS, uh, the EQS SUV, the EQE or an S-Class, that infotainment system can now natively play spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. Before this, if you owned the AirPods Max headphones, the AirPods Pro, they were the only products that you could actually hear Dolby Atmos, uh, spatial audio with Dolby Atmos through Apple Music. So even if you had Bose headphones or Sony or Sennheiser, you couldn't hear the spatial audio because it only is only compatible with Apple's own earphones and headphones. But now, if you're a Mercedes-Benz driver, you're able now to hear through the, your car's sound system that multi-dimensional spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. So a lot of people may not understand what spatial audio is. Think of think of spatial audio as like I'm sure you've seen a movie uh, in a theater, theater with multiple speakers and you hear all the sounds coming around, around from above you, behind you, beside you, in front of you. Well, imagine that for music. So you get all that multiple, the audio originating from all different parts of the room but it's what you're listening to rather than what you're watching. And it's the earphones that that enable you to hear, well, even though you've only got two ears and there's headphones or earphones in your ears, you're still hearing noises from behind you, above you, in front of you, all around you. That's the effect of spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. Well, now in, the, in a Mercedes-Benz, those cars, those models I just mentioned, you can now hear that three-dimensional audio, that immersive experience in your vehicle while you're driving. So there you have it. The if you if you if you own a pair of AirPods Pro or AirPods Max, you understand what I'm talking about. And there are there are songs that have been recorded in spatial audio with Dolby Atmos and in in Apple Music. There are many playlists as well, for, so you can enjoy that that effect. And and the other the other the other 
the other feature that you can enjoy too is head tracking. So if you, with head tracking, what that means is that if you're wearing the AirPods or the AirPods Max, you're hearing the song through all those multiple channels. And as you move your head, it actually, it's like you're in a room where all those speakers are located. So by that, I mean, if you, if, if you're hearing sounds coming from in front of you when you're facing forward, if you turn your head to the right, those sounds are going to be more, they're going to be louder in your left ear. If you turn to the left, they're going to be higher. It's, you're going to hear that more in your right ear. So it's, good. It's, it's head tracking. So it's like you're actually at a concert where the band's at the front of the stage, music all around you, and as you turn your head, it changes in relation to your head, how you're tracking. That's why it's called head tracking. And the latest AirPods Pro actually have a feature now that you take photos of your head so it knows the distance of your ears to your the, the sides of your ears and how they are on placed on your head to enable even better spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. That effect is even better now, thanks to that feature. But in the meantime, if you're a Mercedes-Benz driver, you're doing very well, but you're also going to have your spatial audio through Apple Music. But you need to be obviously listening to Apple Music and listening to a track that has spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. But I'm sure there's no shortage. There's already a playlist I've noticed. Um, there's plenty of them, spatial audio, so you can enjoy through your car. So now it sounds like music's coming from everywhere. But that's a pretty cool uh, partnership. If you want to find out more about that, check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, Oppo have just released their very first tablet in Australia. And I've got to say, I'm impressed. It is a 10.36 inch 2K, so it's 2K resolution, high definition display. The display is actually TUV Rhineland certified. We're going to talk more about that with about the TCL tablet a little bit later. But this is a 6.94 millimeters thick. It weighs 440 grams, so really specced up quite nicely. And like Oppo's phones, the Find X and the Find X Pro, it is running the Color OS operating system. So very impressive to begin with here. Now, a couple of things I need to explain. Anyone who's seen Color OS on a on an Oppo device on a, on a phone and now on a tablet on the tablet will tell you that it bears a remarkable similarity to iOS. So if I put, for example, the camera, if I turn the camera on a Find X phone and the camera on an iPhone, it's like you're looking at the same device, same kind of layout, same colors, same labeling. Everything looks identical. So it's very much a, a what, what is that saying? The imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Then this is extremely flattering to Apple because it looks a lot like it. Now, the tablet is also going to have the color OS operating system. So uh, expect to see similarities there as well. But there is an even bigger similarity, and I can't. I'm I'm really surprised that that Apple has actually allowed this, uh, or and that Oppo has dared to do this in the first place. And it's about the name of the product. The name of the tablet is the Pad Air. So Pad P A D Air, which sounds a lot like iPad Air which is Apple's product. 
I've already told you about the similarity with Color OS and certain things it has in its in the software. Well, now the other similarity is the name, the Pad Air. There's only one letter difference, and it's a lowercase i. That's the only difference with the name. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know whether Apple's lawyers have been mobilised or whether Oppo has already had it cleared. Uh, well, it's already out. It's it's out already. came out uh, this week, 379 bucks. You can buy it at JB and Harvey's, Norman's and all, all, the, all those electrical retailers. But, yeah, the name, the Pad Air. Imagine if you walk into the say, look, I'm after a Pad Air. And they go, do you mean the iPad Air? So no, no, I'm after the Oppo Pad Air, not the Apple iPad Air. I think this is going to be confusion. So... Young, young people working at the good guys or or JB or Officeworks, they're going to have to say, say again, Pad Air, iPad Air, what, which one do you want? In all seriousness, though, the tablet uh, looks really nice. I've got to say the design has uh, – it's, it's got the, the large screen on the front, pretty narrow bezels around the sides there, but it also has – a two-tone metal splicing design. So the back of the of the tablet, the top of it has a texture, and the bottom two thirds or three quarters has uh, it's it's more uh, a flatter, more consistent feel. But it also has a texture on the rear panel, so that you don't have any unwanted fingerprints on it as well. That's smart. Uh, and of course, Oppo tablets, the Pad Air works with Oppo smartphones naturally. So you're able now to drag and drop content between the devices. So imagine uh, AirDrop. I don't think they, I don't think they give it a name, but it's uh, you know how you can AirDrop between an iPad, a phone, and a Mac computer. This is a similar deal where you can seamlessly connect and drag and drop content. So you can uh, increase your productivity, improve your productivity right there. Uh, so this has also four speakers on board, and it supports Dolby Atmos. So Good quality audio, whether you're listening to music or watching a movie. Also has a pretty decent battery, 7,100, so 7,100 milliamp hour battery. So you can have up to 12 hours of video viewing, 15 hours of video conferences. Imagine that, 15 hours of conferences. And 16 hours of reading ebooks. I prefer the ebook reading than the 15 hours of video conferences personally. Now, to celebrate the launch of the Oppo Pad Air, you will get this actually for free if you decide to buy the Oppo Find X5 Pro. That's their latest flagship phone. It's $1,799. You buy that phone, Oppo Pad Air for free. You get it for free as a gift. Or if you buy the Oppo Find X5, which is $1,399, also free. And you'll also receive the Oppo Smart Cover priced at $79. That promotion runs until November 24, uh, and it's through participating retailers, and I'll go through them, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, Officeworks, Big W, The Good Guys, Bing Lee, Amazon, Kogan, Catch, Mobile City, Woolworths Mobile, Yes Distribution, Telstra, Vodafone Australia, and Oppo's Australian online store. Don't worry about writing all that down. It's all at Tech Guide if you want to check it out, but... That's the news on the Oppo, its first tablet, and it's called the Pad Air, not the I, not to be confused with the iPad Air, which looks virtually similar, exactly the same, you could say. Not the, to be confused with the iPad Air, it's the Oppo Pad Air. Just, just, just be clear, there's no little I at the start. And if you want to check it out for yourself, you can do that. 
techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole home mesh system, opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Okay, as promised last week, now what I spoke about the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro, I'd only just received them. Uh, I have now completed my review of the two products, and I'm going to talk to you about them right now. Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro. Up front, I'm going to tell you the pricing. The pricing is pretty friendly. $9.99 for the Pixel 7. That has a 6.3-inch screen. And $1,299 for the Pixel 7 Pro, which has a 6.7-inch display. Now, the difference between the two, apart from the screen size, the Pixel 7 Pro has a more premium look and feel, so it's got a polished aluminium frame and the similar uh, polished aluminium camera bar across the back. The Pixel 7, smaller screen, but has an anodized aluminium frame and camera bar. So it is same design as the Pixel 7 Pro, but just slightly smaller and less premium. It's like, it's like the 14, iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Pro. Slightly more premium on the Pro side. But uh, design-wise, still pretty distinctive, still similar, but also uh, some new colors too. I really like the new hazel color for the Pixel 7 Pro. That's actually the one we received to review. Uh, that's pretty cool color. So it's got uh, like the contrasting colors on the back. But that that camera bump, that bar on the back, that's uh, I think that's sort of become a signature of the Pixel device. Personally, I prefer a smooth one-level rear panel, but uh, that's just me. But if you want to even that out, if you buy a, a case for the Pixel 7 or the Pixel 7 Pro, you put on the case and then the case kind of levels up the uh, – it fills in that gap so that the back of the rear panel then appears to be all one level rather than – if you, you don't have a case on it, that camera bar is going to stick out a few millimetres. It's, it's pretty distinctive. Now, both new phones have the new Google Tensor G2 processor. Now uh, – Google, interestingly, didn't mention any kind of performance improvements. There was no sort of benchmarking to say this is two times faster than the, the first one or three times. You know, Apple does it every year with a new iPhone about how the new Bionic chip is just the best thing since sliced bread and how it's the fastest ever and four times this and five times that. Google never did anything like that. They, they did not mention any kind of performance improvements that the chip provides. So uh, to be, I didn't really pick, pick up any kind of speed, massive speed improvements on these new devices, but they were still pretty slick, pretty solid, uh, and no, no real performance issues there. Uh, but I think what, what I do know, though, is that we all know that the, the G2 processor, the Tensor processor, 
really does all that heavy lifting when it comes to all the all the computational demands of the phone. We talk, including all the when taking photos and using magic eraser and all these the you know, the recorder and the audio message transcription. All those features are powered through that Tensor chip. And and what what uh, Google's doing here is is very much what Apple's doing. So they're creating the chip, they're creating the software. Don't forget this is running Android 13, so it's Google's chip, Google software, and Google's hardware. So this is something that not even Samsung does. Samsung doesn't use their own silicon. I'm surprised they don't. I think they should. But Samsung don't use their own chip. They use uh, and don't have their own software. They use Android. So Google's got a got a, a more like Apple than they are Samsung in this case. The two devices, uh, I, I love what I, what I like about Android 13. While we're talking about that, is that it, it is if you're an Android purist. Now, there's no interface on top of this. So normally, what happens if you've got an Android phone? There is a user interface from that particular company. So if you're talking about Samsung or Oppo, all these other companies. There's an interface on top of Android uh, with the new Pixels. They're the first to offer the latest Android, which is Android 13, but also they are sort of unfettered Android. There's nothing on top of the Android platform but Android, and I really like that, that sort of minimal look. Uh, it is really fast and smart as well. You can select, do things like select your wallpaper and style and choose your colors and really personalize it to suit either the color of your phone, the color of your outfit, whatever you want to do. It really works well. Interestingly, we found the displays, which are brilliant, by the way, the Pixel 7 is full HD resolution. The Pixel 7 Pro has 1440 QHD plus resolution. And you know what? By default, it was it was only on uh, full HD. It was not on QHD, which I found interesting. And, and Android, I, I remember looking in the settings, there's a picture of it on my review, uh, Google says in that section there, full resolution uses more of your battery. Switching your resolution may cause some apps to restart. But we had no such issue, no no battery issues either. I, I think I was really impressed with the battery life. But uh, I, I thought that would be strange that it's not by default on the best possible resolution. They, they decided to give the choice to the customer. Uh, there's the, the, a lot of features on this that we love. Of course, we'll talk about the camera in a minute. That's kind of the, the killer feature on this thing. But the Pixel phones have others, uh, other features, which uh, one I like in particular is the recorder app. Now, this means you can record, say you're talking to someone or interviewing someone, you can record or it's a lecture or something. You can record what's being said and then the app can then provide you with a transcription of the audio. In real time, it's giving you that as well. Remarkable technology. Uh, Google Assistant also allows you to uh, get in there with some voice typing so you can talk your text rather than having to type them, even adding emojis and everything on this thing. Let's talk security. The Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro have the in-screen fingerprint reader and they have face unlock too. So the in-underscreen fingerprint reader, we've seen that before. It, it works actually pretty well, pretty fast, unlocks the phone instantly. Uh, face unlock, interestingly, is also just for unlocking your phone, but not for authorizing payments or app downloads and things like that, which to me says it's convenient, but not the best security. So convenient to unlock your phone, but we're not going to let you approve a credit card payment with it, which is strange because unlocking your phone, uh, I think we've seen in the past 
face face ID or face recognition on other phones. Apple is by far the leader here and daylight second. Other brands' face ID is easily fooled. And I'm talking including with photos of a person and everything. So uh, if you're a little bit nervous about having your face, un- face uh, recognition unlocking your Pixel 7 or Pixel 7 Pro, maybe stick to just the fingerprint reader as the way to unlock it. But just letting you know. Hopefully it'll improve. Maybe might, might even improve with the software update. You never know. Now, you know what? Let's talk about the thing you've come here to listen to about the Pixels, and that's the camera. Cameras on Pixel phones have been brilliant since they – I can remember Pixels with one lens taking better photos than phones with multiple lenses. And the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro have multiple lenses now. Pixel 7 has two lenses. Pixel 7 Pro has three uh, Pixel 7 dual camera, 50 megapixel wide angle, 12 megapixel ultra wide. The Pro has the triple camera system, 12 megapixel ultra wide, 50 megapixel wide, 48 megapixel telephoto. So that's the triple system, dual system on the Pixel 7. The Pixel 7 Pro has a th- super res zoom up to 30x zoom. Pixel 7, you can only go up to 8x. And I've got to say, super res zoom like even at the at 30x is absolutely amazing and there's a photo I've taken of my the back of my home and you'll see circled in that the, the wide shot are two little pigeons or what appear to be two little pigeons and then the next shot you see is the zoomed in image of those two pigeons and it's remarkably clear at 30x so this is that computational photography I was telling you about it sort of clips in and it's got bigger pixels and incredible technology to do this. Uh, so that that was remarkable. I do like the magic eraser as well. That's a pretty cool feature. You'll see my my one of my Dalmatians, Logan, who's sitting up there and there's a pair of shoes behind him. Uh, but I, And I use magic eraser to get rid of the shoes in the background. And not only do they get rid of the shoes in the background, but there's like a shadow of a tree, like a little plant that's falling onto the shoes. And so not only did it get rid of the shoes, it also sort of made up the little shadow that would have been there if the shoes weren't there. It's, it was remarkable. You can see that picture on my review as well. The macro lens too, the Pro, Pixel 7 Pro has the macro lens and that gets you right up close to taking pictures of like flower petals and stuff like that. I did that in my garden. You can have a look at that for yourself as well. Macro shots are popular nowadays. And uh, yeah, Pixel 7 Pro macro camera is pretty cool. Uh, photo unblur uh, is is pretty good. I, I had sort of mixed results with this one. My Not that any of my photos are blurred, but you know what? There were some that were a little bit blurry and you could see a little bit of a difference, a noticeable improvement, but other times uh, I've got to say didn't do much at all to the photo. So yeah, I think it kind of depends on the photo. And, and we're talking photos here not taken with the Pixel 7s. They say, Google says that you can take, uh, use photo unblur on old photos on your, on your camera roll. Try it with old photos mixed results some okay others did nothing but it kind of depends on the photo i guess uh, on the video side you can shoot 4k at up to 60 frames per second the pixel 7 pro also lets you get 10-bit hdr as well that's high dynamic range in case you don't know what hdr stands for uh, let's talk battery life and i gotta say they were pretty cool the battery the easily smashed the day through still had a bit left in the tank as well and that was using them constantly 
Uh, so not too bad there. Though there are features which allow you to save energy. Like they've got an extreme battery saver mode, which if you're running low and you really want to extend the life of the battery, then extreme battery saver like does things like turns off uh, the Wi-Fi, uh, other network connections, and all the background operations are shut down as well, just to preserve the battery a little bit longer. But uh, battery-wise, I, I got no complaints. It is uh, no better or worse than than the normal smartphone battery life, even including the iPhones. Pixel Seven, as I said, starts at nine ninety nine. Pixel Seven Pro twelve ninety nine. They're available now, uh, and if you want to read our complete review and see those pictures I talked about, you see my magic eraser photo with my with Logan, my Dalmatian, and also see the zoom in on the pigeons on my roof. You're gonna, it's it's fascinating. It is really really cool feature. You can check all of that out at techguide.com. Okay, let's talk about the TCL Next Paper 10S. This is a tablet, a 10-inch tablet, and it is a tablet with a difference because it has a paper-like screen. That's why it's called Next Paper. So we're talking here, full high definition, and this paper-like display. So imagine, imagine a Kindle. So if you got, if you're an e-reader, you got an e-reader, that paper-like black and white display, mono display, and really sharp, really clear. Imagine that, but in full color. That's what you get with the TCL Next paper. Now to just to describe how this would look. Okay, so the thing you, you you miss out on is the gloss and the shine off the screen. So imagine having a beautiful, glossy coffee table book with colourful, glossy pages. Now imagine that same book, same colour, same images, same content, but without the shine. You still appreciate the colours and the look, but without the shine and the gloss. That's kind of the best way I can describe what this the screen looks like. And not having that gloss and glow has several advantages, including obviously an anti-glare finish, so you're not getting reflections, but also it does reduce the impact of screen time on eye health. I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. The device itself, like a regular tablet, can be used for uh, all, everything you do use a regular tablet for. So whether it's reading, viewing, video content, uh, looking uh, ebooks, whatever you want to read on it, uh, it does uh, have all. It has the same functionality. Now the the front has one thing about the front. I, I I said in my review the bezels are a bit fat when you consider tablets nowadays have much thinner bezels. So I thought look that that can benefit there. Performance wise, I've got to say it's probably not the fastest tablet you can buy. Uh, the rear panel has a nice color to it and a nice feel, but uh, performance-wise, it's it's probably a step down from your the latest iPads and those other those other like a Samsung tablet as well. Uh, but what those other tablets don't have is that next paper screen. Now this screen is TUV Rhineland certified, and it has a seventy-three percent reduction in blue light passing through. Blue light is what makes your eyes tired. It's what, if you're looking at your computer, the blue light is what's making your eyes tired or making you tired. So if you are looking at a screen for a long time, backlit screen or a computer or a tablet, it is going to lead to sore or tired eyes. Now, 
Optometry Australia had their 2022 Vision Index report. Now, in that report, they said that 88% of surveyed Australians experienced eye fatigue, while 86% believe their child's eyesight has also been impacted by constant screen time. So imagine your child whose eyes are developing with uh, they're growing up their eyes are developing everything's developing with them but imagine their their eyes are uh, being impacted by the constant screen time now the health fund hcf says there has been a 28.8% increase in school age children who require glasses or contact lenses between 2015 and 2020 28.8% increase in kids needing glasses or contact lenses. Even the World Health Organization has recognized this fact, and they say that short-sightedness is on the rise. They predict that by 2050, half the world's population will be myopic. Myopic Myopia is short-sightedness. Imagine that. Half the world population myopic by 2050. And is there any any mystery to why that's happening, you reckon? What, what we've been experiencing for the last 15 years is devices, backlit screens, larger devices. iPad was introduced in 2010, even more backlit devices, laptops. It's an issue. And if you're a parent listening to this, then I would uh, take extra care because perhaps your child – by the, by the many hours they, they're looking at a backlit screen with that blue light, this could affect their eye health as well. So it's really something to consider. I'm not, I'm not saying to hit the panic button and stop them looking at screens for good, but it's something that we need to look at. You need to look at this to obviously screen time, a parent decides their child's screen time or children's screen time, that's up to them. But the, the if it was up to the child, they'd be on it 24-7 and you just want to, just from that information I've just shared with you, the impact on their eye health is definitely there. The stats are showing that more kids, school-age kids need glasses because A, they're looking at a device with, with this blue light coming through it, but also too, they're focusing on a device just only a few inches from their face, which is something that younger kids of my age, when I was 15 or 12, whatever, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't looking at screens. I was looking at a book at that far, but it wasn't a backlit screen with blue light. I was reading a lot of books then, but there was none of these devices that I was looking at. Food for thought if you're a parent. The TCL Next Paper 10S is pretty thin too. It's 8.3 millimeters. It's also light, 490 grams, so no effort to carry this one around. Uh, I did mention the fact that it has a performance could be better, but what it does, it does come with though a full keyboard cover so if you want to convert this uh, so it's like a little mini laptop, you can do that. It even has PC mode. So this is a mode where you get a cleaner desktop and you're able to access files and various things like a PC. So uh, it does increase your productivity. Uh, Camera-wise, there's an 8-megapixel on the back, 5-megapixel uh, camera on the front, two speakers, two microphones as well. So this can be used for video calls or enjoying some of your content. Uh, it has an 8,000 milliamp hour battery too. That's a, that's, that's a day or two uh, because you don't have that regular backlit screen. So battery's going to last a lot longer. 
So I think, yeah, it's 499, the TCL Next paper available from Big W, Target, Mobile City, and other online retailers. Uh, look, and there are images on my review showing the next paper next to an iPad. So, so I've got a I've got a generic photo of the Harbour Bridge showing shown on the iPad and on the uh, on the next paper as well as my as the tech guide site for on one on both devices side by side as well. And look, I know it's you probably it'll give you some idea of the of the differences in the screen appearance, but obviously unless you have this thing in your hands, you really can't appreciate the difference. It is a lot easier on the eyes as I mentioned. 499 if you want to check it out, you can read our complete review at techguide.com.au. Sony has just released a new vlogging camera. I haven't reviewed this. I will review it. I'm hoping to get it uh, get hold of it in the next week or so. I'm a big fan of this family of cameras. It's the ZX1F. Oh, I've got the ZX1 or the ZV1, I think it's called. Uh, the, Z, the ZV1F is a vlogging camera. So this is a small camera that allows you to shoot really quality, good quality content, I've got to say. I, I use I use my my, my device uh, whenever I need to shoot like B roll or uh, if I'm traveling if I need to shoot video on the fly that's my go to camera this small camera that has a little flip out screen it's called the Vary Angle Screen but it is a really handy little camera that produces remarkable results it is a stunning little camera and and the fact that you can fit it in your pocket and then pull it out when you need to that is remarkable as well. Now, the quality-wise, of course, you can get shoot for 4K. Uh, there's a new. It comes with a new prime lens, a, a 20 millimeter f 2.0 prime lens. Has a touchscreen on the back to get to all the features. That ultra wide 20 millimeter lens, though, you get a wider field of view uh, while still having uh, the ability to create that background bokeh and stills and video to create that nice depth of field. It does have also the soft skin effect. So imagine the softening. You know how there's a lot of selfies, uh, a lot of cameras on phones that have that that little beauty mode that really sort of flatters you a little bit, smooths out your skin. Well, imagine that on video. You can get the soft skin effect to smooth out and reduce your wrinkles when you're shooting videos, create a more natural skin tone for yourself. It also has face priority. Uh, so it has this auto exposure. So faces have optimal brightness, even in low light conditions. I also like the eye autofocus, which works on both humans and animals. So if you're shooting your dog or your cat or whatever, it can autofocus, fix on the face and then and, and your eyes without being diverted to other subjects. You can choose then to f switch the focus to another subject in the frame if you want. Uh, it's uh, it, a great little feature, that one. There's also uh, active mode as well. It really smooths out your video, so it's like you're using a gimbal. There's also a different preset options as well, so you can get variations in the look and feel of your videos. Uh, it is also, while it captures great video, it also does also capture good sound as well. It does have a built-in directional three-capsule microphone and a windscreen so that you can have clear voice recording and reduce noise, even in windy. If you're outdoors in the wind, it's still going to pick up your voice pretty pretty clearly. Uh, 
Uh, it's only 229 grams too, so very light, very uh, easy to carry around. That uh, that the touchscreen uh, pops out, out from the side, so you can see yourself if you are filming yourself as well to frame yourself. It also has a self-timer and a recording lamp, so it makes recording your video even easier. But here's the other cool new feature. There's a new Imaging Edge Mobile Plus app. So this is allows you to use your smartphone to frame your photos, but also lets you connect via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to transfer images and videos to your phone so you can easily share them on your social media platform. So it's a really easy process. And what I like about it too is that the camera allows you to uh, transfer specific 15, 30, or 60 second marked clips from your camera. You know, some some platforms, some platforms uh, require certain length of videos. There's maximum and minimum length videos you can have. So it allows you to do that. So you don't have no editing required. You just it, no, you don't need to edit the length of the of the clip. Whatever you need to suit that particular platform, boom, it's on your phone and you're ready to go. Now, the new camera is also compatible with the shooting grip with a GP VPT2 BT. This is Sony's grip slash tripod. So there's all the controls. So you can do the zoom, record, video, take photos, uh, and 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 also open up the legs of that product and it becomes a tripod. So it's a tripod slash gimbal and controller for, for the camera. Uh, you can also connect if you want an external mic to, if you want a bit slightly better audio quality, you can pop on a Rode, Rode mic or a, the DJI external mics as well. So a lot of cool features there. Uh, you can see them all at Tech Guide, the ZV-1F. So this is pretty solid, pretty nice little little vlogging camera that I'm keen to get my hands on because I'm a big fan of its predecessor and I'm pretty sure all those new features are going to make shooting video not only easier for me, but also if you're a vlogger, content creator, you know, we're all creators nowadays with social media and all the things we do. The ZV-1F is definitely worth a look. You can get closer to it. Check it out, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, we've all heard of the dark web. It's an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. Norton 360 includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personalized details, and if discovered, it will notify you. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN, and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. There's real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats. There are parental controls to help manage your kids' online time and school time to manage their remote learning. There's a password manager to generate, store, and manage all your passwords and all your other credentials more securely. There's also SafeCam for PCs and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones, or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or from an electrical retailer. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin, our good friends at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash AU. If you're after a cable, an accessory, MagSafe product, you name it, they've got it, whether it's for charging, cables, you name it, belkin.com forward slash AU. Check them out. Now, really quickly, I, I got an interesting email, which you know what? I've got a saying, there's no such thing as a silly question. And a lot of people, technology is not it's not easy for everyone. It's hard for a lot of people. And I did have an interesting question and uh, from one of my readers who said that they were driving around, they did a bit of a road trip with some friends and their friends were on Telstra and they were getting better coverage and she's on Vodafone and she wasn't getting as good coverage. Uh, and she says, look, is it worth changing carriers or what? So that was sort of basically the question. And she told me the phone she, the phone she was using was the iPhone XR, and her other friends, I'm assuming, had later iPhones that perhaps had 5G compatibility. Uh, so her question was, look, do I need – and my, my response was, look, probably the difference between there – there's two things that was probably in, in effect there. Telstra's probably got a bigger footprint in the country than Vodafone does, and B – maybe they're on 5G and they were sort of getting a better signal that in that way as well. And her response was, okay, I want, I'd like to get 5G. So do I just get a new SIM card? And I said, no, there's no such thing as a 5G SIM card. It's the phone that enables the 5G, not the SIM card. And so her iPhone XR, of course, is a 4G device. And so she, if she puts another SIM card in that, it's not going to turn, magically turn it to 5G. I explained to her that she needs a 5G iPhone and that would be the iPhone 12, iPhone 13 and the new iPhone 14 all are 5G devices. So if you take your your SIM card from your the Vodafone SIM card from the XR, pop it into the iPhone 12, 13 or 14, you'll see in a lot of areas it'll say 5G. So not just simply a matter of changing the SIM card, it is more about the phone. And then if you are going on a road trip, and if you do that often and you need the you need the uh, the coverage, and, and her question was like, do I switch carriers? And I said, look, if you're, if you're driving into the country every day, then of course it might be worth a switch, but if you're not, then Vodafone is good. I'm a Vodafone customer, and the, the the coverage where I go seems to be pretty good. And that's and, and I travel a fair bit too, so I do like the, their five dollars a day overseas roaming, where I just can use every single feature of my plan for five bucks a day if I'm overseas. So that's no worry there either. But that's just a little explanation on how five G works. And that is the show for this week. If you need to find out any more, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au or click on the Ask Stephen icon, the one with the Belkin uh, Belkin, uh, brand on it. Uh, Click on Ask Stephen and that will generate an email for me as well. We want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 